Welcome to the prolific teaching ministry of Pastor Emmanuel Iren, lead pastor of Celebration Church International. It is his vision to partner with you for your progress and joy in the faith. Ready, set, grow. Philippians chapter 1 verse 25. Philippians chapter 1 verse 25. The celebration scripture. If you hear it anywhere else, they learned it from us. Praise the Lord. Are you there? Everybody read together. One, two, go. I'm going to read from the New King James Version. It says, I'm being confident of this. And being confident of this, I know that I shall remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy in the faith. So this is a pastor talking to his congregation. He's talking via mail or via letter, you know. And then he says, I'm going to continue with you. Continue with you as your pastor. Continue with you as your trainer. Continue with you as your spiritual father. For your progress and joy in the faith. You know what? A lot of people today are not progress conscious. When they're picking where to worship, they're not progress conscious. They go to churches because the rest of their family goes there. They go to church because um, the ambience is nice. Ah, almost see church. Have you heard people talk like that? They go to church. Some even describe the toilet if you see the toilet. And mind you, it's okay to have good ambience, praise the Lord. But that's not what makes a local church a local church. He says, I will continue with you for your progress. So the question to ask yourself is, am I growing? Am I experiencing progress? I've been in this church six months. Where was I in my understanding of the word of God? And where am I now? That's what determines if you are attending a good church or not. Say progress in the faith. Meaning I can advance in my understanding of who I am in Christ. Who Christ is to me. What he has done for me. That's what progress in the faith is. But he didn't just say progress in the faith. He says, I will continue with you for your furtherance or for your progress and your what? Joy. joy. Listen, there is joy in the Christian faith. Joy in such a way that it has become a reliable litmus test for growth. Listen, one way to know someone who is growing in the Lord is that he will keep growing in joy. In such a way or in so much that the circumstances about him consistently lose hold over him. Consistently. He's not really as freaked about money as he was six months ago. And it's good. God wants us comfortable. God wants us prosperous. But he has come to understand that his life does not consist in the abundance of things which he possesses. Do you understand what I'm saying? So gone are the days when you, you could see him sad and you know that he's broke and see him happy and you know that he's, you know, you know, he has money in the bank account. Do you understand? 
you see him perpetually happy in such a way, praise the Lord, that the world begins to wonder, how can you still have so much joy despite the fact that all this is going on around you? And he describes and he explains to them and says, that's the joy of the Lord. Praise the name of Jesus. Let me tell you something about revelation knowledge. Revelation knowledge functions this way. If it doesn't get you excited, you don't know it. You might know it in your head. But if it doesn't stir up thanksgiving, you don't know it. Do you understand what I just said? That's one thing for sure about revelation knowledge. Because there isn't just progress in the faith. Progress in the faith comes hand in hand with joy in the faith. But you see, based on the way we grew in church, this message is even strange. Some of you only began to hear things like this not too long ago. All right, joy in the faith. Joy in the faith. I mean, growing up, the more spiritual you get, the sadder you become. It's a sign of grace. You stop, it's a realm. You stop oiling your face. You know, you stop greeting people. What's that? That's for canal folks. Why would I be greeting you? You know, and then you just become so critical, so unfriendly. You know, you stop oiling your face. And all of that. That was a sign, you know, that you are growing in the grace of God. Praise the Lord. But now you read in the word of God. Paul says, I will continue with you for progress and what? Hallelujah. And that means anyone who thinks otherwise about what it means to be filled with the spirit and what it means to grow spiritually was wrong. Because when you grow, you'll be full of joy. Praise the name of the Lord. Say, when I grow, I will grow in joy also. You see, a lot of people need to study about God. In Nigeria, most people in Nigeria in particular, um, they learn how to live not by reading, not by studying, but by observing others. And that's not meant to be such a bad thing, except for the fact that a lot of the people that we study don't really know enough. Even our language, the way we speak English, we never, you know, you know, most of you know what I'm talking about. When the English teacher comes into the class and starts giving some funny pronunciations, what do we do? We just laugh and say, ah, that's funny. Why will, you, why, will you, why will you call it like that? And you make jests. Praise the Lord. You know, and so... 90% of the speak, people who speak English, you know, learn the pronunciations from how other people pronounce it. And more often than not, they are wrong. Praise the name of Jesus. You know, the same thing applies to spiritual things. We haven't really studied why we do the things we do. And so we go on with mere religion and we defend it vehemently. And we fight people who want to do otherwise. And don't even get me started on that. I have a billion and one examples. You know, in church, when you say hallelujah, people respond amen in most churches. But when you say praise the Lord, they will say hallelujah. So if the response to praise the Lord is hallelujah, the response to hallelujah should be praise the Lord. 
Oh, we never really think about that. We never really think about that. Why do you say amen? Did I make a prayer? Glory to God. Do you understand what I'm saying? Why do we, and I'm going to teach on this another time, and I'm not saying it's wrong, but I'm just trying to get you to think on what you do. Why do we close our eyes when we pray? Why? To avoid distraction. It's good you know that it's helpful, but it's not spiritual. Do you understand? It's something you do to help yourself, but it doesn't make your prayer more spiritual. Do you understand what I'm saying? When I teach on prayer, you will realize that some of you stand a better chance having a better prayer life, praying with your eyes open, especially when you are alone. There's nothing to distract you. It's going to help your consciousness of the fact that you're talking to a person to just open your eyes and pace the floor and talk. Do you understand what I'm saying? Why do we bow our heads when we pray? Do you know that in the Bible, bowing your head was a sign of shame. The story of the sinner and the Pharisee. The sinner was not confident. He, he, he couldn't even lift up his head. He bowed his head and said, God, be merciful to me. So it was shame that made him bow his head. Most people, when they prayed in the Bible, they lifted their head to the sky. Are you aware? And those are just some examples. For instance, and where, where is all this leading? A lot of us our knowledge of God is based on tradition. It's not biblical. There are some things, there's a way many of you think God is. And that conviction of who God is is not formed from the scriptures for most people. It's just hearsay. Ah, God. <laughs> God. But when you begin to read the Bible and you see some things, you get amazed. Let me show you something. Psalms chapter 2 verse 4. Psalms chapter 2 verse 4. Is it again or now? Is it cooling now? Alright. Psalms chapter 2 verse 4. Someone cannot wear fine suit and take it off because of heat. Imagine or see. See life off. I'm just joking. Praise the Lord. Are you in Psalms chapter 2 verse 4? Read together. One, two, go. Just the first part. One, two, go. He who sits in the heavens shall laugh. Read it again. One, two, go. Read it for the last time. One, two, go. He who sits in the heavens shall laugh. I, I don't know about you, but when I read this for the first time, I think it was 2007. I couldn't picture it. I remember I highlighted it. I said, God laughing. I, that's hard to picture. It was hard to picture for me. God. Almighty. You know, I'll be laughing. God will be laughing. That God. The God that I was taught about. is too serious for that kind of stuff. Does not have time. <laughs> Do you understand? He lives in eternity. He doesn't have time. <laughs> Actually, it's deep, Abby. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But now, what, what does a text like this do to your conviction of God, his personality? He's laughing like, ha, 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 ha. 
And that's God. If this didn't get your attention enough, look at Zephaniah chapter 317. Hmm, this has to catch some people now. Zephaniah. Pastor. How do I find it? Praise the Lord. This text is so rich that a lot of theologians, myself inclusive, consider it to be the John 3.16 of the Old Testament. Read it together loud as you can. One, two, go. This is beautiful. It says, the Lord your God in the midst of thee, or in your midst, is mighty. He's the mighty one, the KJV is in my head. He will save, he will rejoice over you. Which one are we doing? He will rejoice over thee with joy. He will rest in his love. He will, everybody read that last sentence together, one, two, go. He will joy over thee with singing. Who are we talking about? So now picture this. God is so excited. He's so joyous. He bursts into singing. Can you picture that? So excited. And don't even get me started on what he's excited about. Who is he excited about? You. He, he will joy over you. Have you seen someone joy over you before? Ah, wow. Oh, more. So God is like, that's my daughter. Only that he's doing that with a melody. He's singing. So God is singing, singing about you. So in the Bible, we see a God who laughs. We see a God who sings. Say, that's my God. In Luke chapter 10, you know, Jesus was talking. He was actually teaching, teaching the disciples something. And then something interesting happened in verse 21. Luke chapter 10, verse 21. Are you there? He says, in that hour, meaning right that very moment, in that hour, Jesus rejoiced in the spirit and said, Hallelujah. The Greek word for rejoice used there is agalio. And agalio actually means to spin in a very excited manner, to spin. So imagine. They were, he was talking, he was teaching them, I give you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over every ability of the enemy. You, you see, some people wonder why we preach the way we preach in Celebration Church. This is who we learned it from. So he was teaching. In the middle of the teaching, he just did this. Woo! I thank the old father. Do you understand that? That's what he did. Right in the midst of the... He, he didn't give them any notice. Okay, just give me a break. I'm about to do... He just... It was spontaneous. That's your Jesus. So you see a laughing God, a singing God, a dancing God. That's your God. He's a joyous God. 
He has a joyous personality. Joy proceeds from his spirit. That's something you ought to know about him and everyone who has his spirit. Hallelujah. Look at Romans chapter 14, verse 7. So you see, a joy isn't just a possibility in the kingdom of God. It is our preoccupation. It's not just a possibility. It is our preoccupation. So in Romans chapter 14, verse 17, the Bible says, For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink. The kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness. Glory to God. It says, For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and what? Joy in the Holy Ghost. Everybody read Romans 14 verse 17 together. One, two, go. Hallelujah! The kingdom of God is not meat and drink. A lot of people are preoccupied with the duties in the kingdom, the responsibilities in the kingdom, what they think to be do's and don'ts in the kingdom. But the kingdom of God is not meat and drink. What is it? It is righteousness. It is peace. It is joy in the Holy Ghost. Listen, brothers and sisters, there is joy in the Holy Ghost. Joy in the Holy Ghost. And that's our preoccupation. Joy. Have you experienced joy in the Holy Ghost? And this should shift your attention from duty, a perspective of duty in God, to a perspective of delight in God. A lot of people see Christianity as a burden. But listen, it means you don't really understand it. Because when you really understand what God has done for you in Christ, you will respond the way the angels responded when Jesus was born. They said, glory to God in the highest and peace on earth. Peace. No wonder he said righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. They were rejoicing. They were singing. They broke out in the sky singing. They were willing to tell everybody. They told shepherds as they watched their flock by night. Hallelujah. Joy in the Holy Ghost. Joy. When you're full of the Spirit, you'll be full of joy. So like I said, joy is a reliable growth indicator. There's a reason we are called Celebration Church. And it is because, you listen, a lot of people know us as a word church. You know, we emphasize spiritual growth. A lot of people know us as a charismatic church. We emphasize charismatic gifts. But you also need to know that Celebration Church is a joyous church. It is so fundamental in our vision that it influenced our choice of name. This is Celebration Church. Hallelujah. We have four mission statements, or four missions. 
And the fourth one is to emphasize the surpassing delight in Christ above all things. Say with me to emphasize the surpassing delight in Christ above all things. And I'm going to spend this month teaching you what that means. That there is a delight in Christ. There is joy in the Holy Ghost. And not only is there joy in the Holy Ghost, it supersedes in a great measure, with a great measure, it supersedes any other joy or source of joy known to man. Hallelujah. In fact, the person who built you, who is God, built you in such a way. Let me tell you about your software program. You are programmed in such a way that nothing else can satisfy you like God. Nothing else. That's why you just wonder why, you know, you thought your problem was money, and then money came, and you were not still quite happy. Have you ever said, ah, I need to buy this thing, buy this thing, and then the moment you bought it, you're not like, why did I buy it? Has it happened to you before? Happens a lot. Hi. You're not like, waste of money. Because things will never satisfy you. Things will never, until you take your focus from things, you will never truly and perpetually be satisfied. Satisfaction is meant to be based on Christ and Christ alone. And so the Bible speaks of joy in the Holy Ghost. And we emphasize joy in the Holy Ghost. And you need to know what that is. Because a lot of <laughs> local churches try to portray joy in a mechanical, sensual way. So the way we go about this joy is not to turn the local assembly to a jamboree where we are not cautious of the songs we sing. We just sing anything, you know. And you, you begin to sing like unbelievers. Let me tell you something. And I hope I don't ruin this song for you. This beautiful song, We Are The World, all right? Beautiful in its essence. But there is a single line that is so blasphemous. And then, coincidentally, that line was sung by one of the biggest music icons the world has ever seen and probably will, will ever see, Michael Jackson. And he was saying, like the Lord, talking about Jesus Christ, who turned stone to bread. He said, Jesus turned stone to bread. Some people who know they read the Bible, they're like, didn't it also to bread? No, that was a temptation that he overcame. Praise the Lord. So I'm thinking, is either this guy is totally ignorant, which is not entirely likely. Because even unbelievers know that story. Or Praise the Lord. But you see, a lot of Christians don't even care about these things. Some will sing it in church. Say, Jesus turned stone to bread. You know, they, don't, they don't care. Hallelujah. So there, that's why it is called joy in the Holy Ghost. It is joy in the revelation of Christ. To really rejoice in this joy... Something has to happen to you. 
It is not the kind of joy that everybody responds to. Not everybody responds joyfully to the fact that Jesus is alive. But you see, that revelation should get you excited. I remember one day, you know, years ago, I think this was 2009 or 2010, I was studying in the study at home, and then it just dawned on me. I studied and I said, wow, the Lordship of Christ, Jesus is Lord. You know, I almost went, you know, I started running up and down the study. You know, pushing stuff unconsciously. Glory, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. You know, I was like, who do I tell? Who do I tell? Oh, I'm the only one at home. So I just stayed there rejoicing. Not too long after, I heard the honk of my mom's car. So I ran, opened the gate. And she said, how are you doing? And the first thing I said is, mom. And, you know, and I wasn't trying to be weird. It was just. I said, Jesus is Lord. And she said, Wow. Yes. And in her mind, she was giving me that look like this boy again. Hallelujah. So, how do you, and by the way, my mom is a believer, all right. But how do you get to a point where, imagine the awkwardness, if you tell an unbeliever that. Do you know, okay, for instance, you want to preach the gospel to someone. You say, I have good news. Good news, good tidings. The person says, okay, yeah, go on. They say, there's a man named Jesus. He died for you. How's that good news? And someone died. Let's cry now. No, 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 no. It's good because he died so that you will not die. <sighs> Who sent him? <laughs> do, you, do you understand? He died so I will not die. Do, do you understand what I'm saying? So listen. The gospel that we preach, preach is called foolishness. It's foolishness to the outsiders. But to you, it is the power of God unto salvation. Listen, so that tells you that this message becomes joyous because there is a re-engineering that has taken place within you. So it is not just any kind of joy that we react to. We react to the message of the gospel with joy because something has gone on in us. Let me tell you what it is. In Ezekiel chapter 36 verse 26, God said, I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh and I will give you a heart of flesh, meaning I will make you responsive to me. So a people who had a stony heart, people who had a stony heart in the Bible were people who were unresponsive to God. But he says, I will take away that unresponsiveness. And I will give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and will cause you to walk in my statutes. And you will keep my judgments and do them by the spirit of God. Listen, so because you have the Holy Spirit, there are things that would not have gotten caught your fancy before that catch your fancy now. Praise the Lord. So when you have in a place unbelievers and believers and the word of God is being shared, we, should, we ought to see a clear difference based on their response. A lot of people have not learned to respond to God. They've not learned to. When Jesus announced that he was going to die, you know what Peter did? Peter grabbed him. And began to prophesy. It's not your portion. You shall not die but live. 
Shall not die but live to declare the work of God. Irony is, he had to die to declare the work of God. And so, Jesus rebuked him and said, he used the harsh word. He said, get thee behind me, Satan. He says, because you savor not the things that be of God. Meaning, it is satanic not to savor the things that be of God. Are you listening to what I'm saying? When you see someone who is unresponsive to God, no matter the worship song you sing, he will not move. If you like, jump here, fool yourself. He will not move. The same person, when he's watching football, he's jumping, go, baka, or baka, or, you know, or basa, whatever you call it. Of course, that's all back Barca now. You can't be that low. You know. What other team will you support? Real Madrid. That was whooped twice in 72 hours. Don't get me started. Did you watch the game yesterday? Anyway, where was I? So I, I rebuke every distraction. <laughs> you know, now the same person is jumping when he's watching his favorite team. You know, or the same lady when she enters a shop full of bags and shoes. <laughs> you know, oh my God. And then when you are in church and they're like, your friend is like, why are you not singing? You say, I'm not, emo- I'm not the emotional type. You're lying. <laughs> You're lying. Praise the name of Jesus. Listen, this is very serious. It is satanic not to savor the things that be of God. Some of you, the only thing that has ever cried, made you cry is maybe when Beyonce is singing. You, you really need to think about it. If you cry when Beyonce is singing, but no worship song has moved you to tears, it's something to think about. What is wrong with me? Hallelujah. No revelation in Christ. This thing is pointing in people's eyes. Face it up now. No revelation in Christ has moved you to tears. Now, that's something to be worried about. Are you paying attention to what I'm saying? Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Are you learning anything? Second Corinthians chapter 4, from verse 3 to 4. This is beautiful, isn't it? This, right? This, kudos, all of you who were a part of this. All right. It says, but even if our gospel is veiled, It is veiled to those who are perishing. So who are the people who see the gospel, hear the gospel, and are not interested? It says, are not interested. It says, the gospel is veiled to those who are perishing. Whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of God, of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. So he's telling you one major characteristic 
of people who are not saved. It is this. They see the gospel and they don't see anything glorious about it. This is the glory of Christ. But they don't see it as glorious. So what's that? They're not interested. They hear songs like, Hallelujah, you have won the victory. And like, <laughs> and that's if they even like you. They just want to raise their hand to encourage you. Now, this is serious. So it is unbelievers who don't see glory, who, who don't get interested. Can I tell you something? As someone who has received a new heart, in the local church, we should always see your best. Your best, your mildest, your most vulnerable reaction. Once the preaching of the gospel starts, praise the Lord. Me, I'm just wired in a different way. Even growing up, if someone dies, I don't know how to cry. Do you understand? Then, I remember there was a relative that died. And the moment the news came, everybody fell on the floor was crying. But I had watched too much in Hollywood. In Hollywood, the person that does not cry is the person that killed. So I just, I faked it. God forgive me. <laughs> I just fell on the floor. Said, ah. You know? So as I was on the floor, I tapped my sister. I said, who died? <laughs> I was even sure. And the person I thought was not even the person. I said, okay, so is this person we're crying about? <laughs> But, but when I got born again, I, I didn't know what was happening. Many times, going to church, I would just start crying. Coming back from church, I would just start crying. Sometimes during the word, the preaching of the word, I, I would just get teary. Nothing else catches my heart like this message. Nothing else. Nothing else. Sometimes in my private time, you know, there was a day I was worshiping, I was praying, and I was crying. My daughter just came in. I looked at me. Daddy, why are you crying? I was not like, oh my God, how do I explain to you now? <laughs> my dear, everything is okay. <laughs> I didn't know what to say. She said, she was worried. Daddy, why are you crying? Praise the Lord. Because he has taken the stony heart out of your flesh. And giving you a heart of flesh. A heart that is engineered to respond to him, to his love, to his word. To his worship. You can never be in a place where the name of Jesus is worshipped and you are unperturbed. You're not interested. You're not, you know, or you come to a place where you have the opportunity to learn the word of God without a writing material. Those are things I can never understand. Or to belong to a church like this, you don't join um, the prayers that we have morning and evening. You don't listen to the sermons. Praise the Lord. Ah, oh, my God. Glory to God. But he has changed your hearts. And that's part of what you want to learn. You see, teaching a believer... It's like putting a mirror before someone. 
so that you can say, okay, this is who you are. Has it ever happened to you that you left the house, you didn't check the mirror, you dressed up and you were looking very nice, but you did not know. So when you went to where you were going, you just checked the mirror and, ah, I did not know. I'm going to ask you to raise your hand, to be very honest. And so your confidence level changed from that moment. Raise your hand, raise your hand. Give, give, give the Lord a wiper. <laughs> and so that's what the teaching of the word does for you. That, listen, you are better than this. How, are you not listening to what they are saying? Listen to what the song says. He has captured your heart, consumed your heart with, with his love. You know, you can hear that I go, capture. Ah, see, groove. That's not the response. That's not the response. You can listen to, I carry your seal upon my heart. I'm so blessed forever to belong to. There are some songs, if you don't respond to, we should be very worried. We should be very worried. That, bro, guy, are you okay? <laughs> Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. Thank you, Lord. Are you in Colossians 3? Verse 1 says, if then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. Everybody read verse 2 together. One, two, go. Hallelujah. Verse 3, look at verse 3. It says, for you died. I like the way KJV puts it. He says, for you are dead. Point to the person by your side. Say, for you are dead. To sin. If the person did not complete the other part, don't sit near the person again. <laughs> Hallelujah. Look at another person. Say, brother or sister. You are dead. To sin. Hallelujah. He says, for you died. And your life is hidden with Christ in God. So he tells you who you, who you are and the behavior that that knowledge should birth. He says, if you then be raised with Christ, set your affection where Christ is. Let the things of God get your attention. Let it get your attention. Some of you are so gifted, you won't join any service group. Then during praise and worship, you'll be oppressing people with voice. Hey, you know. I beg, I beg, I beg. <laughs> if you can see, join the choir. You know people like that. They won't allow you to hear what. They will just stay there in the congregation and be disturbing people. Join choir now. Praise the Lord. You are so gifted but you won't help. And you, you are now more critical because you know what to be done that is not 
that drummer, why is he doing like that? The bass guitarist, he did not tune that, you know. That place is meant to do F sharp. <laughs> you know. Praise the Lord. But it's people like you working tirelessly to get this work done. Working tirelessly. You should be interested. I have never been a part of a church and did not become a crucial part of the running of that church. It has never happened in my life. Never. Praise the Lord. I must do something. I must be involved. At least since I got born again. Must. And some people, now the Bible says in verse 2, it said, set your affection. KJV says, set your affection. Hallelujah. Tell the person by your side, say, set your affection. Set your affection. You know, some people say, oh, Pastor, I'm, here, I'm listening to all you're saying, but it doesn't just come naturally to me. You know, I'm not really that kind of guy that will start, stand and shout glory. Yeah, the Bible says, set your affection. Don't say, that's how I am. Set it. Every interest that you picked, you picked consciously, most of them. The first time, guys, you know, the first time you tried to play FIFA, <laughs> how was it? Maybe you played with someone that can really play. You know, you know, nobody, guys don't like to talk about it. Just like during Christmas, you know, some guys came to my house, you know, and I showed them the more excellent way. Now, I'm not going to mention names. How can I say Stephen? How can I? How can I say Peter? No. The ones that can really play, I didn't play them. No, because I mean. When, when I, I should have played them, it was time to pray. So, <laughs> I had to, hallelujah. But Peter, no, Peter, I gave him. Hallelujah. But, but, but the first time I played the game, they gave me like seven, seven knots. <laughs> like some people's election results, you know. <laughs> so, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and the guy was encouraging me and scorning me in his mind, like, don't, don't worry, play, give him the part. That, that result was first half. <laughs> I did not play again. Praise the Lord. But, but you just kept at it and your interest increased. Let me tell you something. Some of you know what I'm saying. You can pick interest in new things. You can. You can. And you can pick interest in the things of God. The Bible is telling you that. The Greek word for sexual affection is phroneo. P-H-R-O-N-E-O. It means to dispose your mentality to something. To be mentally disposed mentally disposed i've set my affection on the things of god do you, do you understand what i'm saying like there is nothing i read like the bible nothing nothing i'm not even a good reader per se i'm one of the lazy laziest readers in the world so lazy that if your caption is too long on instagram i'm not going to read it if, go straight to the point say what you want to say do you understand? 
But if it is Bible you're talking about, huh, and you are teaching it well, do it 1,000 pages. I will read it all. <laughs> 2,000 pages. I will read it. Just as long as you're teaching it well. If it's Bible, <laughs> praise the Lord. Set your affection. You can. I did years ago. I did years ago. You cannot develop a prayer habit any other way. For you to develop a prayer habit, you have to set your affection. The first time I tried to pray one hour, I was convinced I would die. I'm not joking. I prayed, 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 prayed. <sighs> I checked time, four minutes. Ah! ah! Do you, have you noticed that time is always very slow? When you're especially when you're growing spiritually, when you're trying to pray, that's when the time will be crawling. Or when you're fasting. When you are fasting, when you're having fun, fun, time will be flying. Have you noticed? But when you are fasting or you are praying, the time will just be. <laughs> but you stay on it. That's how to grow. This month, set your affection. This is an instruction in the word of God. It's not an option. If you are a believer, you must. To not, not to do so will make you disobedient. Hallelujah. So if you are listening to me now, you should start thinking, I've been a child of God for 10 years, yet I cannot sit down and read three chapters of the Bible per day. What is wrong with me? What is wrong with me? Why am I behaving like an unbeliever? It's an unbeliever that does not savor the things of God. You should be interested. Me, me, <laughs> even if maybe I walk somewhere, I can't make midweek service. If it is streamed, I will tune in. I must. And if I can make it, I will be there. Praise the Lord. You don't grow in knowledge by chance. You don't, when you see a guy, for instance, that is built physically. You know, a lot of people see aesthetics. When I see a person like that, I see pain. <laughs> I see pain. <laughs> the amount of pain that it would have taken to look like that. When you see someone who can teach the word of God well, see effort. You see labor. You mind-cracking labor. There was a day I sat on the floor in the living room from morning till 7 p.m. I was trying to understand two verses. Actually, one, two. I said, I will, I will understand this thing today. Do you understand what I'm saying? Set your affection. Listen, you've done so much for much less. Jesus portrayed the gospel with one keyword satisfaction if you drink this water you will never thirst can i tell you something if in your christian walk you still thirst the things you are trying to get financially career wise are making you feel inferior you don't understand the gospel 
because Jesus did not lie. He said, if you drink this water, how do you drink the water? To believe the gospel. On the last day, the great day of the feast, he stood and cried with a loud voice. If any man thirst, let him come to me and drink. He that believeth on me. So the believing is the drinking. Are you with me? All right. So when you believe the gospel, you have drunk of that living water. Hallelujah. So when people see you, they should see a satisfied fellow. Satisfied. Satisfied at every phase of your life. That's not to say that you don't have goals and aspirations. Hallelujah. But you are not incomplete without them. All right. There is nothing material that completes you. You can do without it. Praise the name of Jesus. You know, I, you know, I, I don't know why. Maybe it's my upbringing. I've always sort of been like this. So there was a day. Um, I think they were, they were repairing something on, on, on the road. And I, I did just, it just didn't make sense. Okay, I wanted to go and buy something here. The road is bad. It's going to take me five minutes. Bike. So someone saw me on the bike and was shocked. Allah, I have not seen you on bike. You understand? And I was like, I, I don't understand. Is it a sin? Do you, do you understand? So on my way back, I was now thinking, did I do something wrong? Is it not normal? Do you, it's faster now. I don't get some of us, the, our culture has made us fake. Fake. Always trying to make an impression. So that people will not see you and say you don't have money. It's not by saying, no. it's not by seeing. You see Zuckerberg. Great t-shirts. Every day. Then you see people that don't make as, that are not worth as much money as he makes per day. Go chain, you know, wait <laughs> everywhere. Do you carry dumbbell for neck? <laughs> Praise the Lord. And then you just see rich people, just simple. Many times you are just like glory to God. Some of them, the richer they become, the more casual they are. They start wearing short nicker. They will leave you to worry yourself. You are, the one, you are the one who has a point to prove or a point to make. Praise the name of Jesus. Learn to be free. To base your satisfaction and your hope in Christ and Christ alone. Hallelujah. So now, for the next three minutes or more, you're going to practice at Galio. I know some of you have things that are bothering you, but you're just going to rejoice. Why are you rejoicing? You rejoice in the God of your salvation. Hallelujah. You rejoice because no matter what, you are an overcomer. Do you believe that? All right, rise to your feet. Thank you for listening. We are sure that you have been blessed. For inquiries, reach us on our helpline 0809 996 7000 Blessings